0: when I put something on my to-do list, it's serious to me. I'll do it. And so I've started putting self-care on my to-do list. And pretty game-changing, because then it's like, oh, it's on the list. You better do it. And it's it's made it creep up that priority hierarchy for me, because it's on the list. So I don't know if that'll help any of you, but it has really helped me. And so there's something kind of powerful about saying, yeah, this is on the list to happen today. It needs to happen. And so it's been great.
1: That's so smart because especially for list makers where there's a satisfaction in checking something off and almost a a sadness when you didn't get to something on your list, right? The intentionality of like, I mean, it's so well put. Like, why hasn't that been on your list, right? Why isn't that on my list? I never put self-care on my list and I prioritize my list very much. So I think that's really a fabulous point. Like the things that you value should be on your list. What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian, and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? They take their listeners from surviving to thriving. I'm Dina Thayer, and I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising
0: Adults, a podcast brought to you by Future Focused Parenting. Well, welcome everyone. We want to invite you to join us for this important, finale of season three i can't even believe that we've reached this milestone but here we are at the end of season three and we are going to have a different kind of format today we'll get to that in a moment but i want to invite you to help us do something pretty cool we are just 13 reviews away from having 100 reviews on itunes and so if you have not yet given us a review or given us that five-star rating and then wrote a few kind words, we just want to invite you to do that. We'd love to get to 100 reviews as we get ready to launch season four in a few weeks. And. We are super close. We're right on the cusp. So just want to invite you to do that. Super easy. Pop into your podcast app or on iTunes and give us that five-star rating and say some kind words about the podcast if it's been benefiting you and you're enjoying it. And we also love to share those on our social media story. So we're happy to do that as well. We'll appreciate your help and thank you to the 87 of you who've done so already. Now, as I said, this is the end of season three and as such, we thought it might be interesting to not just tackle one single topic, but to talk about this in a little bit of a different way. So what we're going to do is we're going to be having a break for a couple weeks. And you're going to hear some really popular past episodes. We'll have a couple of reruns. And you know what that means is a few weeks of not having any fresh new content. But what that provides is maybe some space to work on some of the things we've been talking about. And guess what? Kira and I are going to do the same thing. So, we have a little challenge for you as our FFPs and our Raising Adults listeners to think about what might you be working on in these couple of weeks from what you've heard. And so, Kira and I are going to share some of what we're hoping to tackle, what we're thinking about, what we're working through. And then we just want to issue you that challenge to maybe do the same. So, Kira... (laughs) tell me what you've been thinking about lately and maybe maybe what you're leaning toward or maybe just one of the things that might be swirling around in these few weeks for you
1: yeah well and I think let's talk about it in terms of because I certainly have this I'm sure you do too it's just the nature of who we are and how we parent but um I want to share my two and you share your two but then I think let's share our why's and our how's like how do we think we're gonna tackle it and why are we tackling it and all that good stuff. We can keep the format alive a little bit today. Of
0: course we can. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay. So I have two things that I'm going to be focused on over the next few weeks while we take our little break. And the first one is I mentioned this in our little spin cycle that we released a couple weeks ago. Um, the the sort of movement that has happened recently um, in just the country and everything that's going on has made me realize where some of my holes have been as. Um, a person who is anti-racist and is practicing an anti-racist lifestyle. And that is the introspective piece. Um, I think that I've been really scared of what I'm going to find in there. And I need to not be scared of that anymore. And so as I mentioned last week, I joined Brownicity.com, which is run by Dr. Lucretia Berry and her husband. Um, and so that's one of my main focuses right now is doing that introspective work, learning, there's so many holes in my knowledge. I mean, even talking with Dr. Barry, that became clear. Even some of the stuff she said, I was like, oh yeah, I've heard of redlining, but I don't really know where that came from or what that, you know. So there's just a bunch of pockets that I have let the ball drop in and I need to lead into those. And I want my children to watch me and their dad doing that. I want them to see us actively working towards getting better informed about our own stuff on the inside and the historical elements at play so that we can really converse with them in a way that is effective. Um, So that's number one. So we have set aside Wednesday nights um, for doing this work, and we are committed to doing that. I mean, it's a daily practice from there. But in terms of like sitting down together and creating a quiet space to really do this, that's going to be Wednesday. So you can think of us on Wednesday nights. Um, And then so that's that's huge for me. Um, And then the other piece uh, is really around what quarantine has kind of done for my kids, which is a positive thing. They have become so much more independent. They put themselves to bed they self-entertain all day long. They really don't need me in the same way. And so what I'm realizing is we're in that interesting shift where I'm going to have to be way more intentional about finding time to connect with them and making time to connect with them Um, and making sure that when they offer a moment of connection, that I say yes because I think we're we're moving into that phase of less and less and less of that. So I need to sh- shift my awareness to make sure that we continue to have that connection time.
0: So those are my two. How mm. about you, friend? Yeah, those are really important. I'm in the latter part of that last one you mentioned. And so I definitely have adopted that posture of it's the yes posture. I say yes, when they want to mm-hmm. be with me. And it's it's not always easy, but I think it's right. So I really that's really admirable. And your Wednesday night learning, super admirable and way to hold up the rehearse and model of the future acronym right there. Letter R in action, people. So here's here's what's going on for me. I I also have been impacted by content we've Brought to you, and by what's been happening in the world. And there's just two kind of quick things that I'll mention. One is moving beyond words and conversation about race and anti racism to action. And I have already had a chance to practice this, and we had just a hard situation in our family this week where it really necessitated some action that was uncomfortable but warranted. And so that's work that I want to keep doing because I think my tendency maybe in the past was this is uncomfortable and I can tell that it's wrong and I want to do something about it but then maybe I don't do something about it. So that's that's a work in progress for me that I can admit. And then I am also working still around this concept of self-talk which we spoke about on the failure episode. And so I will just out myself that that is not I have not arrived. I caught (laughs) caught myself calling myself an idiot just this morning. And I was like, wow. So that is still happening for me where I make a mistake, but go right to really judging myself as a person. And I think it goes back to what I just complimented you about, Kira, is that then that's not going to set up great modeling. If my teenagers hear me mumbling under my breath and name-calling myself, really not so great. And so that's something I want to continue to be mindful of in these coming weeks, while you and I aren't recording new things all the time. And while I maybe have just a little more headspace to devote to that.
1: I love that. I think it's so important for even you and I just between us to recognize that we haven't arrived. I have not arrived as a parent. Oh, no. (laughs) Maybe Maybe on my deathbed, I'll be like, okay, I did that. (laughs) <laughs> but um, I'm not there yet, so I think it's I think it's really cool that we're encouraging you, our FFPS, to sort of join us because this is going to be our challenge. What are you going to work on? And I would say if you post something on your social media and hashtag future focused parenting and tag us, uh, we'll share it to our story so that people can kind of see what you're working on and like an in progress. Hey, this is my focus for this challenge. Um, we would love to love to join you in that and work together on that.
0: Yes, and that's the point. It's to let you know we are joining you because we also recognize there's gaps in our parenting or maybe some places that are just a little bit deficient and so we want to work alongside you, not just encouraging you to work while we're up here resting on our laurels. No, <laughs> we're going we need to do some work as well.
1: Absolutely. So do you have hows? Like, do you have hows in mind of like, okay, this is what this is going to look like? I know you You had a, a how kind of show up for you this week. <laughs> like, oh, here's, I a, did. here's a how. But um, do you have other senses of like, I'd like to do this in this way, or I'd like to make a daily practice of fill in the blank? Like, what, is, what does that
0: look like? Sure. For you topics? Yeah. So my how always comes from my why. So I'll just share that really briefly. I found out sort of because of everything that's happening that my kids, who, as you heard last week, don't look like me, (laughs) felt like I didn't do a great job at this. And so that was really important for me to hear, but I'm not going to lie, it was hard for me to hear. They actually told me that we did better with culture than with color. And so what they essentially said is you did a great job of teaching us to be Filipino, not such a great job of teaching us to be brown. And so this made it more important, or actually it's always been important. I would say it, it, it brought it to the forefront for me that even though they're older and maybe I didn't start as early as I should have, doesn't mean I shouldn't start at all. So that's my why around this is I've got to start and I've got to really pick up the pieces here because this is an area where I fell down and I have to take a look at that. And sometimes that's parenting, right? We have to take a hard look at where we fell down. So stemming from that why, what I've realized is that talking about it with my family, which I already was doing, wasn't enough. And especially if an issue cropped up where I was really aware, like this isn't okay. We would often talk together and commiserate about that. Oh, that's not fine. But then I would never go to the next level of, okay, well, then who do I contact to make sure there's a response? Or what do I need to do in response? How do I make sure I'm matching what I believe to be true, not just in a little chat at home and private? And so with the issue that came up this week, we saw a post on social media that made our family pretty deeply troubled. And instead of just talking about it and saying, here's what isn't right about that and pulling it apart and commiserating together and agreeing, I had to go the next level and maybe bring it to someone who might disagree. And that's that's a, a, an example of an action step. So I actually had to send a difficult email. And I think that's one how is finding who do you go to, where does the buck stop? And I have, think we also have to recognize in that that the how might mean the buck stops with us. It might be what cause do I need to go support? Where do I need to maybe put some financial resources? It might not always be sending an email or contacting a, a state representative. You know, It might not look like that, but for me, that's one how way it might look is there might be people who can do more than I can, and I need to get them involved and not be afraid of that or afraid of their response to me when I ask them to get involved. So I think those are a couple hows for me. It's like not being afraid of going to that next level if there are personnel that that need to be brought in, but also not being afraid to say, well, what if I'm the personnel? And what if what if it's about moving from conversation to action myself, whether that's, with my wallet, with my time, with my resources, whatever that is. So that's kind of what I'm working on is we're a really communicative family, but how do we go beyond just a conversation?
1: Well, and what I love about that, and it's so interesting because I think a lot of families are realizing that this is the piece they've overlooked, is that it's something you and I talk about all the time. It's not just about anti-racism. Like we talk all the time about you, you can't just like if your kid needs an advocate, you stand mm. up for them, right? That's and no matter right. how uncomfortable that is, if you're not getting support from your family members the way you should be, you stand up for them and you talk about it and you have those awkward conversations. And I think a lot of people f- are doing that and are you know our generation recognizes we have to be willing to have uncomfortable conversations, but we haven't been doing it around this topic. It was an oversight. And what do we want to do about that? So I, I admire you for recognizing the oversight and leaning into, just like I do this in all these other aspects of my parenting, why am I not doing this in this part? I think that's mm-hmm. fabulous.
0: Yeah. So the, the, I, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Because it, it isn't always comfy. And it, And actually, you also made me think of the third how that both Scott and I are working on. And that is realizing that asking questions is important. You and I talk all the time about asking questions. But I'm realizing that this is one example where, as the parent, I'm not automatically the authority just because I'm the parent. And so I've had to lean into asking my kids a lot of questions about their experience, because guess what? They're the ones who are brown. And to recognize they might know more about this than I do, not, not just factually, although that also is often true, but experientially for sure. And so checking in with them and recognizing that, you know, I want to know what you think about this. What would be a really great way for mom to handle this in your eyes? What would make you proud of how I've handled the situation? And so learning to ask those kinds of questions, even of the younger generation, I think is so important. And I'm trying to lean into that.
1: Yeah, I think that's really, really smart, especially for parents with older kids, um, I think that's brilliant. And I, you know, w- one of the things Dr. Barry said last week is we have to be so careful that we're not leaning on our friends of color to educate us, um, but so important that we're leaning perhaps on a generation that has a better pulse on this than we do, and that you have children of color who can speak to this in a way that's not going to feel like they're educating you, but that they're con- conversing with their mom,
0: which is right. great. Exactly. Yeah. and And it isn't about just them necessarily teaching me, but I also think you know our younger the younger generation even just in this increasingly digital world they may even have a better sense just because of the way they navigate around social media and technology they may be they may be coming across things that we haven't even seen yet and we have to acknowledge that piece too
1: absolutely and do you have hows around the self-talk plans around that
0: Ah, yes oh well you already heard my why because i'm terrible at it um and it needs to be better and I need to model. And the how for me, this is what I'm starting with, and it's I, I don't know, it's met with marginal success so far is I'm trying to reprogram that that tape that plays, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so dating myself even by saying tape, that's hilarious. But <laughs> the, <laughs> on the hi-fi. The, the tape yeah, on right? the hi-fi that
1: plays.
0: Right. That internal dialogue, I I'm trying to reprogram it. So when I catch myself saying something like that, or calling myself a name, I'm literally immediately saying something different. Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, I forgot. Oh, that was interesting. I didn't think about what was still on that paper before I threw it away. Going into the facts, separating what I did from who I am, and right away. So that's been kind of a, I'm working to make that more of a knee jerk reaction with the hope that one day that's what I'll say before I call myself a name. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm sure it'll be a work in progress. But for right now, it's really about that. Okay, as soon as I hear that, what can I replace it with?
1: You need to bust out the little piece of paper you gave your kids when they were little, where you wrote the script for them. You need yes. to carrying that in your pocket.
0: But we all know that I did not save that. No, no, you,
1: you recycled that a long time oh, ago. Oh
0: yes. Tina's not a saver. <laughs> Everyone who heard the organization episode knows that.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it.
0: What about you? So the things that you mentioned, what are your well, you mentioned the Wednesday nights and the and the education you're getting to be that example. What other what other hows are you embracing?
1: Yeah, so I I really, really finally understood the idea of anti-racism as a lifestyle. That really hit home this week. Um, and so one of the things that we're doing or that I'm doing besides Wednesdays is um, I think you and I were on a podcast once. We were guests and someone asked us what we read in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And you said that you read your Bible. And I said that I read your emails, <laughs> your emails. <laughs> Me that, or your text message. I wake up in the morning and we start texting and emailing. Um, And so, one of the things I've been doing now for the past little while is waking up and listening to a podcast um, on this topic. And so one of the ones I've been listening to that I like a lot is called um, Black History in Two Minutes. And they're literally like two to three minute episodes. They're videos as well. Like I didn't even know you could do this, that you can upload a podcast episode that's a video so you can watch it. It's really Mm -hmm. quite cool. So they're these fabulous two to three minutes and they just take one little nugget of black history and tell you about it. And so those holes I was talking about are beginning a little bit to get filled where it's like, Oh, "Oh, that's, that's what that was. Or, Oh my gosh, I had no idea that happened. Like, how could I not know that? Um, And so it's just like two minutes every morning. Um, Oftentimes, I'm also listening to something else as well. But just trying to carve out that first part of the day so that I'm ruminating on it all day and thinking Mm -hmm. about it. Because you and I have talked about how you start your day informs your day. Um, So that's one of the things um, that I'm committed to doing along with the Wednesday nights. And then, you know, in our house, we have always had these conversations with our kids from, I, I mean, Literally from toddlerhood, we've been talking about this and talking about anti racism and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I have found that the conversations have upped their game a little bit recently. Um, and I'm committed to keeping that going as well. Um, so one of the things that we've talked about a lot in our house is when we're watching TV, when they were little, I you know, it's kind of like the I do it, we do it, you do it. Um, I would point this out for them, and then they got. A little bit older and i would ask them to like what do you notice and hope that they would kind of get there and now they point it out on their own but one of the things we've talked about a lot is around how many white characters are the main characters or a show where it's like wow everybody in here is white isn't that interesting like isn't that interesting this is like a mainstream show and really the people of color are the supporting characters or completely absent so when they were little i'd say hey look at that did you notice you know that all the main characters in the show are white, and then as they got older, I would say, um, you know, oh, I, I'm curious if you notice anything, and they would comment on like, oh, there's only, you know, there's five main characters, only one of them is a person of color, and as they got older, now they they'll like watch a show and be like, mom, <laughs> you know, <'cause> <laughs> shouting at me because I'm in the kitchen, like, mom, this show only has one person of color in it, you know, and same with books that we read. And so all that is to say that this sounds like I'm just busy tooting my own horn, but the whole here is what I haven't done is reach for shows, books, et cetera, that really feature people of color in everyday life. You know, we have books about Ruby Bridges and we have books about, you know, the civil rights movement and all of that. But we have, I can think of one book That's just about a little black girl who does this with her day and that with her day that isn't like about her fight with injustice that actually humanizes her. Right. Like Mm -hmm. this is just another girl. That's been a whole. So one of the things I'm committed to with regards to the kids is can we find chapter book series that I mean, of course we can. Can we make a better effort, I should say, to find series that are their age level that are just about kids of color so that their their main characters. Aren't white in their own brain that they're not just kind of assuming that this character was white because that's all they've ever seen in their books, right? Mm, so yeah, that's the extension of what I'm proud to say I started, and then realized hmm, there's some holes here. <laughs> so I want to—that's the, the whole thing for me—is like, how do I fill these holes? And I don't know that I'm ever going to fill them completely, but I, I want to do better at, at, at filling them. So that's oh, kind that's of the house around that. And then with regard to the. You know, connecting with them—it's it, two things. I want every day to make an effort to connect. If they say no, to totally respect that because I also have to learn this new skill of um, of like being okay with that. <laughs> That's hard, um, right? I know you know that. Like, you yes. totally, totally resonate with that. So, making a solid effort every day to connect, no matter the outcome, and then really trying to nine times out of 10 say yes when they ask to connect. Um, So those are kind of the tangible house of, of my intentional plan, my future focused plan Mm. for working on
0: these two things. Those are great. And they're so practical, which I really love. I mean, they're actual, like, here's what I'm doing. And on that note, I thought of a teeny tiny extra one that I'll share because it's an actual practical, here's what I'm doing. So for many people we just had Andrea Dolman on recently and talking about margin and self-care and just kind of creating that space and how we do that and how important it is to the holistic picture of our health and i i was thinking about that and chewing on it and realizing that we've kind of been given this gift of a little bit of extra space and time with some of the lockdown stuff and quarantine and yet still i was noticing it was self-care that still would go to the back burner so interestingly i learned a- about myself or maybe it's more that I noticed, because I think I already knew this. When I put something on my to-do list, it's serious to me. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And so I've started putting self-care on my to-do list. And pretty game-changing, because then it's like, oh, it's on the list. You better do it. And it's it's made it creep up that priority hierarchy for me, because it's on the list. So I don't know if that'll help any of you, but it has really helped me. And so there's something kind of powerful about saying, "Yeah, this is on the list to happen today. It needs to happen." And so, it's been great.
1: That's so smart because especially for list makers where there's a satisfaction in checking something off and almost a a sadness when you didn't get to something on your list, right? The intentionality of like, I mean, it's so well put. Like, why hasn't that been on your list, right? Why is it that on sure? my list? I never put self-care on my list, and I prioritize my list very much. So, I think yes. that's really a fabulous point. Like, The things that you value should be on your list. Otherwise, it's, you know, like we say all the time, the absence of doing something is still doing something. So by not putting it on your list, you're actually saying how much you value it.
0: So true. And it's like, well, and that means if I don't really get to it, uh, that's okay. And I had to stop being okay with that and start taking better care of myself. And yeah, this just helped prioritize it.
1: What a wonderful tip for whatever our listeners choose. Whatever it is, put it on your list. Right. Yes. Whatever right. Whatever do. you
0: decide to work on. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's a great point. I love that. I love that. Well, listeners, I hope you'll consider what you might like to work on over this little break. As Dina mentioned, we're going to have a replay of two of our most popular episodes. So you will if you need to revisit them or if you're new to us and haven't had a chance to listen to them. There are two that really dovetail well, wouldn't you say? We kind of oh, pick, absolutely.
0: Them,
1: pick them because they represent. Really, what we talk about, like, sure, you know, the foundation, the combo pack of what we talk about. Um, so, we hope that you guys will get a chance to enjoy that.
0: Yes, and and be thoughtful. Be thinking about what you can work on. This is a a great time to do that. And both of those replay episodes will play into that because they go so well together, emotional intelligence and discipline. And they, they're they kind of foundational components of future-focused parenting. So you can use them with whatever you've decided to work on. But we've had some great things you might consider, how you might work on introducing new foods to your picky eater? Or how are you going to operate around happiness? How are you going to help your kids pursue their dreams if they've got ideas of things they'd like to do when we return to whatever the new normal is? Or is it around helping them with failure? Is it these these important talks to be having about race? And what is it for you? There's been a lot to kind of unpack in season three. So we hope you'll pick something and tackle it and let us know how you do. Like Kira said, we're happy to share it on our story. If you tag us and let us know what you're working on and we'll be working right alongside you. We look forward to being back with you in a few weeks. We'll be back with new content on July 20th.
1: And don't forget, if you are willing to write us one of those 13 reviews that we need to get to 100, this is the time to do it. So please, oh please, if you like the show, if you've been enjoying the content, leave us that five-star rating, some nice words. We will also share that on social media. So lots of opportunity to connect with us over this little break.
0: Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in Kira's laundry room, partially in my bonus room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee.